Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalong. FM 104. It's Room 104, it's Cormac and Saoirse here, you can get in touch, 0876797104. Some TV shows come along once in a while, and I, th- I find these types of TV shows fascinating. You know, some of the best stories are a fish-out-of-water kind of settings, where you take one person and put them into a completely foreign situation, where they may not be used to it or comfortable with it. There was a programme on last night, uh, you may have seen something similar before, it's called Rich Kids Go Homeless, where they take uh, a lot of young people who are in very fortunate, very wealthy situations, and as the name suggests, suggests uh, they make them go homeless and see how long they can survive and does their opinion of people who live on the streets and people who are let in less fortunate situations does that change does it say the same or what happens we were lucky enough to get on to uh, one of the people who was on that show yesterday evening who joins us on the live now on the line now rather i should say uh, jay what's the story sir how are you i'm great thank you and thanks for having me guys nice to speak to you yeah, no worries at all. I love these programs just so because so, sometimes y- y- you never know which way it's going to go and certain people's attitudes can get worse when they go into them or get out of them and s- certain people can completely change their perspective. So before we maybe ask, you know, what you're thinking now and your attitude towards people who maybe live on the streets or homeless people, do you mind taking us through what were your initial attitudes before you did this program and took part in the experiment? Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I was right up there with everyone else or at least everyone else that I who, you know, would sort of dart around homeless people and give a wide berth, you know, when you see them sort of look towards you and just sort of not want to to sort of attract any attention and just sort of get through it as quickly as possible. And the weird thing about that is you just forget that that's a real person there. You forget that that's someone who's got a life to live. You just sort of want to put it in the back of your mind and get it. And, you know, before I went on the show, to be honest, I was probably quite a rude person, I think is an appropriate word. And... Yeah, so essentially, I just sort of didn't like them. I used to think they were dirty. I used to think that that was a hot spot for for drugs and violence and things like that and generally stayed away from those types of people. And so at what point did you say, okay, I want to actually experience what it would be like to be homeless? So how it came about is I was approached on Instagram by a producer for the show who said, you know, we've got an opportunity here and we think that, you know, you have a pretty affluent lifestyle, so you'd be perfect for the show. And plus, I think you've got a bit of charisma. I doubted that last bit, but I thought, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I thought, yeah, um, that's quite interesting. And I said, sure. So what show is it? And they said, Rich Kids Go Homeless. And I said, oh, so you want me to be homeless? And what, you mean on the pavement homeless? And she went, yeah. (laughs) And I said, I'm not 100% sure about that. And she said, so think about this. The more money you have in a way, normally the more experiences you've got in life. And I said, yeah, that's true. And she said, 
what's the one thing that you don't normally get, no matter how much money you got? What's one experience you normally can't buy with money, not having money, being homeless? And I thought, you know, for a while, and I sat for a few days, and I sort of mulled it over, and I thought, well, yeah, this is probably something that I've never, ever experienced in life, and it's probably something that I'll never, ever fully understand or get to see up close. I thought, you know, I don't want to be naive, and I don't want to be too ignorant mm. towards people. So I basically just sort of thought, yeah, I'll dive in head first, I'll give it a go, I'll experience it firsthand and see if my thoughts were really, you know, genuine or if I was completely wrong and maybe if I should look back at myself and think shame on me. Yeah. What did your parents say? Parents were quite, quite, well, depending on who you ask. My mum was quite worried and she thought, you know, you've got to be careful what if you die and explode and that's the end of it. My dad, on the other hand, was a little bit more outgoing. He was like, yeah, go for it. You never know. It might be cool. You might like it. Again, depending on who you ask, I got some very varied opinions. My dad has always been a bit of an adventurer, so I guess it's normal for him to say that. And naturally, my mum's a little bit more cautious. The modern yeah, way, trying to obviously different. look after you and, 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 and not have you get into any trouble or whatever. Do you mind me asking now, you obviously don't have to go into specific details, but, you know, the title, Rich Kids Go Homeless, how comfortable like, is your life? Like, how much of a shock to the system was this? Um, well, I don't know how I should put this, but yeah, I've quite honestly never really had to struggle in my life for anything. But I do sort of think that I suffer from that sort of middle class millionaire syndrome a little bit because I do have some friends that are multi billionaires, and you know, I look at them and I think, well, whoa. So there's, there's always sort of like a, a perspective, and I guess, again, compared to that end of the spectrum, I'm pretty up there. But God, that, that, that's, that's funny, isn't it, how no, regardless of the situation we're in, we're still going to find people to piss us off and go, but I'm not a billionaire, this is terrible. Well, it, that's what it's like, you know, you, you, got a, you, you walk, you look at someone with a bike, you have a bike, you look at someone with a car, you have a car, you look at someone with a, with a Ferrari, if you got a Ferrari, you look at someone with a helicopter, you know, it kind of goes like that. So then, obviously, when you got picked for the show, what was the process? So the process was quite interesting. I didn't actually understand how, how they were doing it at first, and then I kind of figured it out later on. So when they interviewed me, or at least in my experience, they're asking me a lot of specific questions. And looking back, I did give some kind of knobhead answers in a way, <laughs> if I'm allowed to say that. Yeah. And I think, and literally the more I said this stuff, and I thought, uh, they probably think that I'm an idiot now, the more they thought... This, this guy looks like a perfect candidate because I think the idea behind it is to see if they can get someone who's sort of blinded a little bit and get them to sort of turn around. And well, in all honesty, I really did do that. I really did bond well. It doesn't come, ac- uh, come across well. There's just so much that we did that, that you couldn't fit into an hour with, with the homeless buddies that I was sort of paired with. You know, even after the show ended, I genuinely did kept go- uh, keep going back there. I did keep visiting them. And... Apart from lockdown, I, I would have carried on doing it, but unfortunately that's not possible at the minute. During the show, you had to live with like homeless people that would be on the streets anyway. You were sitting there beside them and you were living how they lived. Yeah, everything. I'm talking, you know, making money, going to the bathroom, food, you know, you name it. The, the full shebang. Um, it's literally quite an eye-opening experience where you have to rely on like, the five guys or Kings Cross Station to be your home bathroom. But again, like I said, it's one of those experiences that you, you don't buy. You, you can't, you know, go into a travel agent or something and book a, a holiday to experience homelessness. So it's definitely an eye-opening experience. And although yeah. I'm really glad that I did it, and I'm definitely going to keep this experience with me for a long time, I'm not sure I'd do it a second time. <laughs> no, yeah, again, I can't imagine. I, yeah, I think everyone would be in the same boat if you're given the options. How many days did you wind up uh, sleeping rough? So um, I actually spent three nights 
and technically four days. I was there just a little bit in the morning on the 4th. And then, of course, there was a another extra day when there was the uh, at the beginning when we did the background stuff as well. So um, it's quite a quite a long process, and especially when I was homeless, almost all of that time was was caught on camera, literally every single second, even when asleep. And what was the most challenging thing that you encountered? The most challenging thing. Um, I would have to say that that's uh, dealing, number one, with the cold and discomfort because just being ignored by people and you're literally getting quite desperate, you're starting to want to plead to people's better nature. And they just look at you like an alien. They walk past you. No one wants to give you a time of day. You could be there saying, please, can you just help me with something? Can I get some advice or point me where I'm supposed to go? And literally people will carry on their conversation if you walk up to a group or a couple of people and absolutely pretend that, you're like a ghost in a different dimension. They won't even acknowledge your existence. And it's really sort of unnerving experiencing something like that. That's probably the most difficult thing because, of course, if you look around, you can't find a bathroom. If you look around, eventually you'll find some food or something. But it's when you need help from other people, other human beings, and they just blank you, it's quite unnerving. It must be a very strange because I've seen obviously that program and, and a few other ones with similar things and that's what everyone says is that people just see straight through you and that's the hardest part. Not even the weather, it's just having no... I mean, we're struggling now with the lack of human connection in lockdown, right? And people are kind of getting a bit frustrated and their other halves are doing their heads in, right? But imagine just everyone's out and about literally walking by you. I can't imagine how difficult that would be. But during the couple of days that you were, again, out rough completely... What, was there any particular moments that really opened your eyes and maybe changed your perspectives on people who were living on the streets? I would have to say uh, that would be drugs. So I would never, ever recommend anyone take drugs and I would never sort of encourage it. But watching people that have gone through the process, and it's not a night and day thing. It's, you don't just wake up one morning and say, I've got a lovely life, I'm just going to suddenly start taking heroin. It doesn't work like that. You have these people that have a great life um, their partner leaves them, gets hard at work, they, they can't keep the house by themselves and, you know, eventually um, lose their job and they can't keep mortgage payments up and they end up on the streets and they're depressed because everything in their life that meant something, uh, you know, partner, kids, house, cars, all being taken away, friends, we've got no family to rely on and you just, you know, if you have a bad day at work, you want to go to the pub, you want to have a drink. You know, and that's a form of escapism. And when your life really goes down the toilet, you really want something stronger almost as a form of escapism. And people sort of hear about other people doing it and they sort of lean into it and they get pulled in and then, then it's too late. And they all end up, you know, doing things like these A-class drugs and with sort of no way out. And they would all sort of take it back if they could. But of course, once it's got that grip on you, too late. No, it's fascinating, not in a good way, but... Yeah. You can see the pain in people's faces when, when they try not to. Um, something that didn't come across on camera is when, um, when one of the homeless people I was with wasn't or tried to stop just for those few hours. I said, just try to try and stop taking that stuff and put that money towards something better, like a room or something. And you could see the genuine struggle in them, like a, almost like a biological conflict in the mind as they're sort of starting to sweat and they're starting to look really stressed and they're starting to hyperventilate. And in the end, they can't, they, they can't deal with it anymore. They have to go and calm it down. It's literally ripping them apart. So 
when I imagine just from talking and reading some of the articles and the interviews that you've did done and with with the show, if you've just tuned in, by the way, we're talking to Jay. He was on uh, Rich Kids Go Homeless uh, last night. Spent a couple of days living rough and experiencing everything that someone who would be homeless um, would experience. Did you think initially that it should be easy for someone to get out of homelessness and now maybe appreciate or have a different perspective on that? I mean. Absolutely, I did. I thought it would be a cakewalk. But you see, the thing is, when you come up with a plan like that, you're sitting in a, in a, in a comfortable room, you know, you've got a full fridge, you've got the heating on, you know, you've probably got a, a drink on the table and you're just comfortable. You think, right, this is my plan. I'll have a shower in the morning. I'll go, actually, it's not like that. It's, you know, you're in clothes that don't fit, that are wet, and you've got people that are dangerous. uh, surrounding you, you're freezing cold, you've got nothing to eat, and you just can't really put a plan together effectively. And then as soon as you get some money together, the first thing that you need to take care of is, I'm cold, I'm hungry, I'm I'm wet, and and you, you, you want like a change of clothes, you want something to eat, you want to just get comfortable enough to think clearly. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever tried to come up with a, a plan to change your entire life whilst you're tired, hungry and soaking wet and cold whilst other people are looking at you. But it's not easy, you know. I think that's the biggest thing, isn't it? Like we have support around us. Like you said, you have a roof over your head. That if you are in that situation, there just seems to be no out in your own mind or it's much more challenging than it would be for, for anyone else that isn't in that situation yeah because you're as you said you're looking at basic survival it's food and shelter are your primary yeah. things um, and, and I don't think people appreciate that maybe as much as possible well I suppose the, the good thing to come out of this is you seem to have you know completely changed a significant perception and, and attitude that you know towards those types of people what um for, for people who might still be, let's say, like you, walking down the road, who are maybe scared to see a homeless person or a beggar or someone coming up to them, what, what would you say to those people? Um, well, this, this isn't sort of gospel, and I wouldn't say this is, you know, uh, 100%. Nine times out of ten, if you meet a homeless person or you walk past them genuinely, even if they do um, use a substance, or even if they do want to have a drink, you shouldn't be judging too harshly for that, because at the end of the day, we all want to have a drink or something like that. But they are people that have sort of, nine times out of ten, again, had sort of like a, a bad hand dealt to them, in a way. People don't actively want to end up on the streets. People try to avoid ending up homeless. People always want more money. People always try to work hard and always try to keep their jobs. But when things really do go, you know, belly up, so to speak, then, you know, they end up in, in a position where they sort of rely on the generosity of other people. And, of course, if it isn't there, then they're not going to get themselves out of that situation. If a few more people were a little bit more generous to the right people who are going to actually use that to better themselves, you'd see a lot less homeless people about because a lot want to um, get like a place to stay, get some decent clothes, you know, just find a shirt and trousers and go around and ask for a job because um, a lot of the time you don't have enough at any one point to take care of uh, your hunger, tiredness and your other basic needs plus get like uh, a half decent place to stay and a fresh pair of clothes and prepare like a CV or something. You, you never really have enough capital at one yeah. point to, to get all of that done. That's, that's the struggle there and that's the issue. I, I do think there should be more services out there that allow people to make themselves presentable and sort of interview ready so that they can try and get a, a source of permanent income to get off the street. And I don't think a smile goes amiss as well. I've actually spoken to a few people before that live on the streets because like you said, people treat you like you're not there, that you, you don't exist. 
walking by you. I think that's very difficult. It is. I mean, again, with, with COVID-19, I think we've, we're all, all starting to understand a little bit, even when you can FaceTime family and, you know, look at people through a screen, it's not the same as in person. Even with that level of human contact, we, we still wish that you could meet them for real and have a hug or get some proper acknowledgement. So imagine if you didn't even have that and everyone, even there are real people standing in front of you that you're calling out to at a time of need, just look at you like you're filth. You know, it's really quite disheartening. Perfect. Well, I think we'll um, we could talk obviously a hell of a lot longer with that. But listen, Jay, thanks a million for popping on and speaking to us. Delighted to hear that you know you had somewhat of a positive experience coming out of it. Um, and listen, if you ever do anything similar, feel free to get in touch. But thanks a million for popping on F one hundred and four this evening. You guys are very welcome. Glad to speak to you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.